Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for um, just everything you are doing in our lives. And Father, as we look into uh, your word in Joshua, Father, we pray for um, uh, inspiration, revelation. And Father, would you show us this morning the application that we need to um, take note of? And so, Father, we just commit this time to you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So. Yep, so um, somebody just put in the chat that my daughter was in the uh, prom court. In fact, she actually won prom queen last night. So we were pretty, pretty happy. So it's, well, that's a whole other story. We'll come back to that. But let's jump into um, Joshua 4. So let me, Nicole, would you mind reading for me? Please, thank you. Go ahead whenever you're ready, Nicole. Okay. Uh, Joshua 4, I'm reading out of the NIV. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Verse 8. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded to Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses had directed Joshua. The people hurried over, and as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side where the people watched. The men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over, ready for battle in front of the Israelites, as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. Verse 14. That day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all of Israel, and they stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as they stood in awe of Moses. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant law to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, Come up out of the Jordan. 
And the priests came up out of the river, carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran, ran at flood stage as before. Verse 19. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border, border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before, before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. All right, thanks, Nicole. So we find the Israelites now on the other side of the Jordan, okay, in the promised land. And so the question is, what, what is life in the promised land like? Is it one big vacation after another? No. In reality, for Israel, it was a place of battle, right? So God said, you're going to take the land. He's not just going to give it to them. They have to do something, they actually... And so we read that there was the um, the men that were sent ahead of the the men of tribe the men of Reuben Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh cross over ready for battle in front of the Israelites. So it wasn't a walk in the park, right? There was going to be a taking of the land. Um, so it was a place of battle, but most of all, and I think this is one of the key points here, it was a place of trust. Right? They knew they had to trust God with everything they had because the challenges only got bigger in the promised land, but along with bigger challenges came bigger blessings, right? Now, most of us want to rush into the promised land, right? Whatever God has for us. And we want to go all the way through to Jericho, right? But, you know, why not take advantage of the time when these people that um, God is allowing them to overthrow, they're actually afraid of them. So why not just take advantage of that time? But the reality is that God is not in a hurry, right? He knows that beyond us doing something, we must be something for him, right? So he takes his time with the Israelites and he allows them to um, conquer, but he wants them to grow spiritually before they can conquer Jericho under his guidance. So he takes them on a journey of growth, a journey of spiritual growth. So let's jump into some application right away here. So sometimes our image of the promised land is distorted, right? We think because we have troubles or difficult times that we're not in the promised land, that we're not in the place that God wants us to be. If only I could get over there, right? Things would be so much better. The grass is greener on the other side. It's in these times, it's in the now that we need to trust God. Why? Because he's doing something in us, right? He's forming us. He's establishing character. Um, Hebrews 12, 1, to 1 through 3 says, since we have been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And here's the important part. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. 
So there is a journey that God has us on, and we've got to go into that journey with perseverance, just like the Israelites had to. Uh, verse 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, right? That's how we do it. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that's incredible, right? He reminds us it's a journey. We go through the journey, fixing our eyes on Jesus and remembering it was Jesus that did everything for us. And so do not grow weary and lose heart. Um, James James 1 says, uh, verse 2 through 5 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. How many of us think um, it's pure joy, right? No. <laughs> because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So again, God is doing something in us, right? And it takes perseverance. And why, once we do that, we won't be lacking anything because God is putting in us things he wants, the character, the um, resoluteness, all the different things that God wants to establish in us. Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. It will be given to you. So bottom line, the promised land isn't all milk and honey, right? It's a place of establishing character, by trusting in God, all right? It is not all milk and honey, even though it's there, but it's a place of establishing character by trusting in God. Okay, everyone with me so far? Still good? Okay. All right, now, uh, let me just see which first verse. Okay, we're on verse 3. It says, tell them to take up um, 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Okay. So I love this part. Now, the purpose of the memorial was so that the people of Israel could teach their children about the great things God had done so that the work of God would not be forgotten among the generations. Um, we're going to take a look at Judges in a second to see why this really matters. Um, we often fail in our trust in God because we forget the great things he has done, right? And often the faith of our children is weak because they've never been told how great God is and how real his working is in our lives. So, I'm going to pause there for a second. Um, it goes on to say Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of, of the Jordan. So, Joshua sets up a pile of stones, right, 12 stones. Um, and it was a reminder of something they could physically see. And now... How to question, how do, we, how do we remember what God has done for us? And I think what Joshua is trying to say here, that 
and even Moses. Remember right before they entered into the promised land, Moses addressed the Israelites and he said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And these commands that I give you today, repeat them again and again to your children. So there's this, um, we have been given this, this task, this job of remembering, but also telling the story. So how do, how do we remember what God has done for us? And I wrote down, is five, I found this great article that had five things that I want to share with you. So number one is, think about what God has done, right? Um, 1 Samuel 12, 24 says, be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithful, faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Um, Psalm 77, 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. So, excuse me for one second. The bottom line is, we have to remember what God has done. And so it takes, we have to intentionally make time to think about what has God done. So we have to set aside time where we remember. Yes, yeah, so the first part, point one is think about what God has done. Number two is thank God for what he has done. So when we take time to thank God for what he has done, you know, we are taken back to a time, we're taken back to memory, and it becomes real, and it becomes imprinted in our brains. Um, Psalm 34, 1 through 3, this is the, the Good News translation. I will always thank the Lord. I will never stop praising him. I will praise him for what he has done. May all who are praised listen and be glad. Proclaim with me the Lord's greatness. Let us praise his name together. So think about what God has done for us. And then number two, thank him for what he has done. Because when we do that, we remember. And it becomes imprinted in our brains. And we have a point of reference that informs our future, right? So the past reminds us of what God has done, the good things, so that as we look ahead, we're not afraid. Okay, number three. So think about it. Thank him. And then number three, write down what God has done. So why does that matter? So when we intentionally think about what God has done, uh, many experiences and events will come to mind. Uh, it's helpful to write those things down so we can recall them later. So something we do um, at church with the kids is we have these journals where we record their prayer requests. And for two reasons. One, we want to go back and minister to them and ask them, you know, how did it go? But two, it serves as a written reminder of God's goodness. Oh, um, so-and-so is no longer sick, right? So God bless them. So as we write down things and we look back, we remember and we see God's goodness. Um, so write it down so you don't forget. All right, number four, tell others about what God has done. So Joshua erected these this monument of stones, something they could see. Um, they also had the Ark of the Covenant, and so they had the visible presence of God that they could see. 
But for us, um, we don't necessarily have a monument of stones, right? We don't have an Ark of the Covenant, you know, traveling around with us. But we do have the manifest presence of God in us, right? So uh, Luke 8.39 says, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Um, Psalm 40 in the verse 5 ESV, you have multiplied, O Lord, my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet there are more that can be told. So if I don't tell others, who will, right? So Jesus calls us to be his hands and feet. And so as much as God's stories and the things he has done are for us, they're also for somebody else. So we need to share those stories specifically with the next generation, right? So that we can maintain faith for each generation. So tell others about what God has done. Okay, number five. So create something to help you and your family remember what God has done in the past. So um, Joshua created a memorial, but there's things we can do, right? So we can create our own memorials, um, personal or family traditions, um, inspiring reminders are helpful ways to remember what God has done. So um, a child or friend may ask about a, tra a tradition, um, and that gives us the opportunity to tell them about what God has done in the past. Um, a very simple example in the USA is Thanksgiving, right? It's a reminder of something that happened. Now, I'm trying to think of one in um, my family has a tradition at Christmas where we gather everyone together and we read the Christmas story. Uh, you know, we sing Christmas carols, etc. But it's a way, it's a tradition that's tangible. Um, in some ways, it's a memorial that tells the story of Christmas and we remind each other every year of, of that story. So um, another simple memorial could also be posting a Bible verse, right? In your house, on your fridge, in a prominent prominent place. In my house, we have um, Joshua 24.15 that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a value for us. It's, it's on the wall. It's something you can see. It's something that others can see. So it's a memorial, could be a verse you post. Um, Joshua 4, 6 through 7 says, we will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Now, I don't know if the stones are still there. <laughs> there's, a, there's different writings about this, the stones at Gilgal, etc. But the point was that God wanted to create something that could be spoken about. There was a visual reminder for them. So if I had to summarize that section that I just shared with you in five words, it would be think, thank, write, tell and create. That's how we remember what God has done for us. Okay. Everyone still good? Still tracking with me? Okay. 
So the promised land is a place of keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, right? Um, he is our 12 stone. Jesus is our 12 stone monument, right? He is unmoving. He's consistent. He's unchanging. So, you know, we don't have rocks, but we have the person of Jesus who's there, who's always been with us. Okay, I'm going to jump into, all right, verse... We just did that, verse 10, 12. Okay, so, so verse 10, it says, the priest remained in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded was done by the people. So the priest stood with the ark for the entire time it took the nation to cross over, right? So they became the visible reminder that the presence of God was with them throughout the crossing. <clears throat> um, the people were content to settle on the east side. So they crossed over and they wanted to settle right there. But God said, no, I'm giving you all of this. And they had those armies at percent, right? Just as had been promised. On that day, verse 14, God fulfilled his promise to Joshua, raising him up as a great leader. Okay. So <laughs> the manner and timing with which the Jordan returned to its natural flow. So once the priest stepped out, right, the river went back to flood uh, levels again. So what do we learn from this? One, God's timing is perfect, right? Um, the question is, did God's presence leave them when they crossed over? No, God was always with them. So what does it mean to be in the presence of God? Right, but God is always always is always with us. How do you know with confidence if you're experiencing God's presence in your life? So, first of all, we we seek His presence. Right, we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. We ask the Holy Spirit to inspire us. Um, God is omnipresent, so God is everywhere at all times. So He is with us. Um, Psalm ninety-one. Now, Psalm 19, verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. So even when we don't feel it, we can see God's presence around us and the beauty of his creation, right? We cannot escape God's omnipresence. Um, we have the Holy Spirit, right? The indwelling presence of God is with us. It's one of the most amazing things we have is the Holy Spirit in us. Um, but we have to seek God's presence. We have to come in and we have to enter into his presence, right? And we have um, the manifest presence of God. So sometimes, sometimes it's more than just a feeling, right? Sometimes we just know and we can sense that God is there with us. And that's called the manifest presence of God. And that happens to, to us on occasion. So just remember that God is always with us. Okay, I want to jump down to, so verse, it goes on to talk about um, in the future, verse 21, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. Uh, verse 24, it did this so that 
all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Um, again, and just another reminder that it's easy to forget the great miracles God has done on our behalf, right? Our past reminds us, reminds us of what God has done for us. It doesn't define us, but it informs our future, right? We remember stories as a point of faith so we can trust God for greater and greater works in the future. So again, it's about faith. Um, because we have seen and experienced his faithfulness in the past, right, we can expect things in the future. So we have to be reminded of what God has done. And it reminds us that God is good and God is doing things in our life. Um, our stories have purpose for our children, right? So they can have a point of contact with God's work in the past. And it's a reminder for our kids and our families and our friends that God's work didn't start with me in my time, but it started way back, even before um, the world was created, right? So God's word is a reminder of what he has done. Our stories is a reminder of what God has done, and it just reminds everyone that it didn't start with me, but God has been faithful throughout the generations. Um, verse 24 reminds us that there is a God in heaven who can work miracles, right? And a God that we should seek with all our hearts. So unless you know God through his son, right? Well, unless you know Jesus, you can't know God, right? So we have to seek God with all our hearts to know him and experience the goodness he has for us. Uh, okay. All right, my final thoughts of the year. So in Judges 2, verses 6 or 10, so it says, after Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, they went to take possession of the land, each to their own inheritance. So the people took the land. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua. Now, this is interesting. Throughout his lifetime, and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, the son of Nun, died at the age of 110, verse 10. After that generation had been gathered to the ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel, right? So we are at risk. We are one generation away from losing our faith. We need to tell the stories of what God has done, of God's goodness. Um, this generation had moved much further into the promised land, right? They lost sight of the 12 stones, and they began to forget what God had done for them. They, they forgot to tell the stories of God's goodness to the next generation. So it's vitally important that we do share God's goodness with every generation, because just like in Judges 2, we don't want a generation to be raised up that neither knew what God had done or the stories. So, conclusion. One, we need to remember what God has done for us, right? Think, thank, write, tell, and create. Remember what God has done. Two, remember that the promised land isn't all milk and honey. It's a place of learning to trust God. Right, that's where we we are in our promised land right now. It's a marathon, 
is not a sprint. Then finally, it's important for us to share what God has done so that the next generation will not lose its faith. How are we doing, everyone? Everyone okay? Tracking with me? Okay, so that's all I have for you today. Um, let me pray, and then I'll get you guys out of here. Thank you for being on soap with us. And if, uh, let me just, okay. Let me just see who's, hold on, gang. I have to do my own attendance today. So let me just quickly take a screenshot here.